Thank you very much for your um, for, for your day of uh, practice. Uh, it's uh, very inspiring. It's very touching. Also, it's 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 very quiet in this uh, hall. Just during the last sit, at some point, I just opened my my eyes and the sense that everybody was doing their work, you know, was uh, attending, uh, was very strong. And I know we are attending to all kinds of things. <laughs> it's very uh, alive in there, I'm sure. I mean, there's the whole range huh? of quietness, dullness, but also like agitation and so many stories to tell and vastness and tightness and... Um, but as I was looking around, all eyes were closed, and it seemed uh, there was diligence. That's how it, uh, it felt. There was a place, uh, and so it's amazing to be a, such a big group of people coming together and uh, having the same intention and really putting the effort like this. It's it's very powerful to know that we're all doing this all day long. You know that we are attending, and we we drop the whatever we drop the soap or whatever is the expression there uh, regularly but we pick it up again and uh, you know in the in the in the scriptures in the teachings that sometimes there's these um, descriptions of um, a practitioner practicing together and so they describe oh you know they each uh, sit all day and uh, you know, when it's time for the meal, the one who comes first with the meal prepares the seat for the others. And so they all uh, eat, and at some point one gathers the bowls, and he washes everybody's bowls, and they stay silent like this, and they really honor the, the practice and the Dharma, and they create all the conditions for each other to be able to do this very delicate work. This is extremely delicate. Sometimes it's more like epic... Uh, but uh, it's, it, it is very delicate work, and so that we support each other in doing this. And in, the, in, the, in this particular description, I think at some point they say, and if they talk, they'll talk just a few minutes, and they'll talk about Dhamma, you know, and they'll share a little bit on practice, check on each other, and then they'll go back into silence, silence being the value, the vehicle. I never get that word. It's, just a, it's a challenge for a French Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for awakening. And so here we're honoring this and we're caring about this uh, very much and we're putting our time and offering this to others. It, uh, I, I really feel, feel it, so I'm, I'm grateful for this. And uh, so there's this thing that I liked almost at every retreat, even weekends, I end up doing this thing. And in the way many of us, I think we're like uh, children, we like storytelling, we like to hear the same stories. I, I like, I'm about to do this thing with the ball, you might have seen me do this, it comes from my teacher Joseph. And as I'm about to do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do the ball thing again. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say. You're going to say exactly the same things. I'm, I wonder what movement you'll make. I'm probably going to make exactly the same movement as usual, but there's a, an excitement. It's like, oh, the ball thing again. <laughs> We've never done the ball thing tonight, this time. You know? <laughs> so... Uh, so Joseph, when he talks about practice, and probably as a more of a round ball like this, he says, at the beginning when we start the retreat, we want to establish mindfulness. And so we say, oh, I have the intention to be mindful in my stepping, in my uh, hearing, or in my breathing, to actually uh, connect with the reality of what's happening and stay there. And so we intend to be there. And what happens is it slips, no? It slips towards the past. Oh, I forgot to tell that person, you know, to call that person before. And then we reestablish it. And then, whoops, it goes for, oh, next week when I go back home and I'm all awakened, you know, and I can, <laughs> I can tell everybody about it. They won't notice, but I'll sure tell them <laughs> about my progress. <laughs> and then we reestablish a mindfulness and then it falls on the side. You know, we start 
thinking about the Dharma and how much we love it and it's beautiful. <laughs> and then we get kind of lost in, the, in that. You know? And then we say, oh yeah, I was intending to... And we keep doing this like that. And at some point, so Joseph says, at some point in the retreat, and it might last for a little while, it might, if the conditions are right, we don't actually totally control it, but we certainly intend to invite... Uh, Cultivate, you know. At some point, there's a reversal of the ball, and then this here uh, is our mindfulness become established. And sometimes it takes off. In some, like, oh, who's this work walking? I don't, I don't know. Prefer to stay here, you know. So the mind want, suddenly, like habitually, will go, but it will slide back in. I won't have to go like, ah, oh my God, this mindfulness. <laughs> it's so expensive. It's so demanding. You know, it, it'll be like, it'll go off and oops, it'll become kind of the default. And you might have, have that at some point today during the, at some point, for a little gathering of this for a little while. One way that I've heard, and I don't know if it's still hold true for him, but I've heard Gil Franzdahl if I remember well, and that's going to be my take on what he said, he was saying something like, I like the idea he was saying, it seems to me that mindfulness is the intention, like the intending, the, this, like we want to be mindful, we want to be mindful. And once it's established, it's not mindfulness anymore, it's awareness. It's kind of a, a way to be. It's not, uh, you know, effortful. It's not like I'm going to do it. It's, uh, there is awareness. Do you see the, the difference? One of the things that happen also when there's the reversal of the ball like this, and some of you have described this in uh, several of the groups, uh, is what happened is, uh, well, the ball is a good example here, is like when there is, uh, uh, awareness is more established, at, at least for a while, it might be for part of the walking, it might be for part of the sitting, for part of the eating, uh, suddenly, whoops, everything gathers, and there's this flow of taste and chewing, and the mind is, uh, the attention might, might be just on one thing, the breath as you're sitting here, maybe if it's the breath is, your, uh, is the experience that you're uh, experiencing fully, or it might be an attention that is not so much like this, but more like that, where there is quality of presence that is sustained but the range is wide like maybe as you're eating you're feeling the heat from the sun in your back and then the tastes appear and then chewing become obvious and then uh, there's a swallowing and the belly is felt and the breath is felt and then whoops the reaching of the spoon you know some, something like this so the the uh, events, the experiences, the phenomena keeps changing, but the mind stays. It's, but there's a range of things. It's not just the sun in the back. It's the taste, it's the luminosity, the colors of the food, the flavors or smell. Or, and so, but the mind remains present. Kanika samadhi, present, uh, mo- moment by moment attention with a wide range of uh, object or experiences or phenomena. Yeah. Sometimes the attention is more like this. It has one field, which is the foot, the sole of the foot, heavy, pressure, light, fresh, moving, uh, sole of the fruit, foot, uh, touching smooth, smoothness of the foot, lending, hardness of the foot, extreme lightness of the foot. So it remains on just that area here. It's more like like this. Or just here, today at some point, for some reason, Goenka was back in my field, and suddenly there was just attention here, and it was really this little area here, and it was just this little delicious little point, very subtle there, you know. And there was just the slight little pressure of the air coming in and out, and it lasted just, a, I don't know, a couple of minutes it gathered like this and suddenly there was like you know what time is it are you responsible (laughs) something came in the mind and so when we are also in this kind of default what we could uh, experience what we might experience again we can't uh, demand that 
this is where the, uh, the practice uh, asks of us a lot of humility. We just keep showing up um, humbly, without giving up, without forcing. And there might be, and I'm, I'm naming it because that's the field of what retreat is, and uh, some of you are, are experiencing this, is there might be a time for, it could be two minutes, like what I described, it could be 20 minutes, a whole walking or a whole sitting, or a couple of hours, you know, it could be like this, because wow, sitting, walking, in line for food, it kept being protected like this. We call it seclusion, seclusion. The mind is secluded, there's these little walls like this around it. And what is it secluded from? Uh, we sometimes we don't know technically, like the, 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 the way to explain it technically, but we certainly know the experience. The experience is of beauty, of contentment, of fullness, of uh, aliveness that is sustained. And the mind is in that uh, practice in, in these times, secluded, protected from the hindrances. The doors are momentarily closed. Not possible to wish for something else. It doesn't even cross the mind that you could. Not possible to not want what is there. The mind is engaged with it. It wouldn't even cross its mind to want something else. The mind doesn't have too little energy and it feels like it has to produce the energy, basic energy for mindfulness. It doesn't appear like that. It's just meeting simply, directly. There's just... Energy is not even a question in the mind. There's enough of it. But there's also not too much of it. You know, like, oh my God, I can't connect. I'm so high, you know. No, it's just like meeting, meeting. The door is close to the hindrances. And there's no doubt. Am I doing this right, wrong? Should I be at the nostril? Should I be with the spoon or with the taste, you know? There's no, this doesn't appear in the mind. And so when we have that experience of seclusion that lasts for a little while, it's... uh, it's soothing, it's, uh, it's healing, it's good, it's a good way to live. We discover, wow, there's a whole other way to live. It's simple, it's an experience of renunciation. We're not letting go of uh, our, you know, hair or house or apartment. We're not letting go of this, we're letting go of what hinders our life. Yeah. And so, I'm saying this also... Uh, to say this is what we're doing here. We're going in that direction. So that's why we practice simplicity. That's why we honor and care for the silence. And that's why we don't give up. That's also why we don't force and blame ourselves and compare and evaluate every few minutes. We renounce all of this. We try to make it as simple as possible as the instructions that have, have been given the instruction is, can, can this be known now? Can, what is here? Can that be fully known? Just that. Again and again, in a sustained way, to create the conditions for something like this to happen. Um, and also, we mentioned it, and it's good to mention it again, the secret is very much in the continuity. So it's not a big effort, Okay, let me close the doors of the hindrances. No. It's, let's, let me be here again and again as I sit, as I stand, as I open the door, you know, and not take breaks in this way. Just uh, give full attention to what is happening as much as possible. The mind gets taken away. As soon as we discover this, we don't make a fuss about it again can't believe you and inner debate and you're worthless and no I'm not worthless I'm worth more than that don't say that you know not very simple lust honest lust humble what is the task is what can be known oh there is pressure on the butt it can be known there is tingling or piercing in the leg it can be known with the continuity, these are this that I'm describing is conditional. These are some of the conditions that we can help bring together. And then there are other conditions that we can't control. What happened for us that was maybe traumatic last year that makes the heart uh, unsettled, that maybe will not give the conditions for that to happen. And then that's just how it is. But it's good. I think it's okay to talk about uh, 
about this because that's the field of practice also. When there is a little bit of the quiet, quieting, quietening, quieting that happens, in time, naturally, it will probably uh, arise in your own way, in, in its own way. Uh, but I'd like to talk about this because it's very much at the core of the th- teaching and also because it's a particular interest and fascination of this practitioner. It's the field in which this practitioner uh, naturally, you know, swim or likes to swim and look for and what arises naturally in the mind. And, and so sitting here and seeing us creating, uh, building, you know, cultivating the, this, uh, this field, this communal field of practice where practice is very, very much valued, um, and the quietness that is adding with the days, you know. And of course it's not just like this, you know, we're going like this and suddenly somebody does something with their shoes, you know. (laughs) My world is destroyed and my concentration (laughs) gone and I went out and who are these people, you know. It does happen. Uh, But if there is some quiet and... uh, and I think it's the only place where we can uh, investigate this, explore this. I don't, think, I don't think it's easy to do this in daily life. I think this is a very, very special environment to actually start to question. Who is sitting? Who is hearing? Who is thinking? Who is walking? Who decides to go for more? Who decides to escape or to take care of oneself? Who? Who is it? This is a very profound question. And again, I don't see many places where this question uh, is uh, welcome. And so here, it might be one question that arises for you, and it might actually not be, and I'm going to talk about it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's your job to actually say, it's not a question for us, my love. You know, it's it's not what's up for us. It's not the field of our practice. And to honor that. So I want to empower you to have your own exploration here. And I'm still going to throw a few things out there that could be useful, and they might appear later in practice at another time or after the retreat in a the, in the different... But this is very much in the teachings. And I already started talking about this when I was saying, uh, probably yesterday at some point, everything that's going to happen here, yes, is personal but also is absolutely not personal. It's human nature. 2,600 years ago, all this stuff was talked about. You weren't there. Or maybe you were. (laughs) Different uh, incarnation, different uh, birth, but not this one, not this exactly one here to whom you're identified or with which you are fused or... Confused, confused. (laughs) (coughs) And so I was saying, everything that's going to be happening here is human nature, is phenomena. And we're here, and that's one of the wise views of practice, one of of the wise understanding that uh, in which we... uh, take the practice on, you know, so it's not just the practice, it's the practice surrounded by uh, a view of it, an understanding of it. So I'm sitting here and it's not so much about me, although I have a way in this being that is amazing, you know, I have a privileged access uh, to this being here, but heart beating 
is of the public domain. So is uh, irritation, not yours. Public domain. It, it belongs to life, to human beings. And so we bring this understanding to the extent that we connect with this, are interested in it, or that we understand it. We bring it right away on the seat, saying, oh. And we use the language, the language that has been uh, developed in English uh, through our teacher is very much geared around this. Have you noticed? Hearing is happening. Hearing is happening. Oh, there's a lot of agitation here. It's not I am. There's a lot of agitation here. Look at that. This mind is crazy right now. This mind is obsessed. Wow, there's a lot of spaciousness, generosity. Look at that. Look at that. So we become aware of phenomena without with releasing, even in the vo- first, maybe in the vocabulary, in the way of naming it, labeling it, the ownership, the appropriation, wrong appropriation. Or is it that is the whole you know, exploration to discover if there is right, wise appropriation or uh, in French, méprise, misunderstanding that something has been appropriated that actually doesn't quite belong to a certain self. I remember one time, um, I was, uh, for the first time I was going to sit at Spirit Rock in California, this meditation center where many of you have practiced. And uh, so I had heard about it for years. You know, it was like kind of like, wow, finally on the mothership kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I think of uh, IMS as the fathership and the Spirit Rock for some reason as the mothership or something like this. And so I was there, and wow, the land, beautiful, and the light, that is exquisite. Like here also, there's exquisite light on the west coast for East Coaster. Um, so the light, and the grass, and the land, the power of the land. And then I get to my room, go up the stairs, get to my room, it's on the spring side, or the little, is it a, yeah, it's a spring. No? I mean, most of the time it's dry, but... <laughs> anyway, on that side, and I put my luggage down, and I just look at my window for the week. My window. <laughs> so I look at my window for the week, and I'm very surprised to see uh, on the grass just there, uh, under a tree, a kangaroo. So there's a kangaroo there, and it's very surprising to me, because in my mind... <laughs> The way I've been raised, uh, and I know we've been told all kinds of things that are not true, but I've been told that kangaroos are in Australia. <laughs> and that here I am in California, and there, there's a kangaroo. And so I, I have a kind of a double take, you know, like, wow, the kangaroo, that, that's, that changes my whole worldview, you know. <laughs> and then I notice that it's actually a deer pooping. <laughs> so it's kind of crouched like this. And, it, and I, didn't, I never noticed that a deer looks so much like a kangaroo when it's pooping. It's a, it's a camouflage. And, and the, so that was really, that was so interesting. To, you see what I mean? Like the, a, can, a kangaroo doesn't go like this, it goes like this, you know? So does a deer pooping. It goes like that. But it was very revealing of perception. You know, I had seen, I had really seen the first second, I had registered kangaroo, clear, like, I've seen tons of them in my children's book, you know, and, and so I could, I could recognize what it was. But upon looking more carefully, bringing deep awareness, non-judgmental, non-coercive, non-demanding, non-biased awareness, the truth, I was awoken to the truth that this was a deer. There was no kangaroo there. And so I don't know if you can make the analogy with the self. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. 
So, in my exploration, I've noticed that the sen- sense of self is a perception. It's perceived like that. It appears like this. The Buddha talked about perception as mirage, how things appears, appear, and how uh, mirage are uh, not exactly the truth, and they're ephemeral, and they're, they're kind of a construct, they're perceived, but they're not actually totally real. So is uh, a certain, to a certain degree, uh, the sense of self, my this or that. And in this practice, as we slow down, we get to maybe uh, question that. Maybe it's revealed to us that, you know, uh, a sound, for example, why a sound we don't take personally? You know, it's, it's a sound, there's a sound. And then a tinkling, oops. That's more me, mine, you know. But like a sound, the tingling goes at some point, you know. And it was just an event that was known very much like a sound. Yeah? But maybe in practice, and I think it does that over time, over uh, several encounter, calm, high-quality encounter with reality, suddenly it becomes tingling. Tingling is happening. And it's not so much, it's not so clear. Maybe there's a phase where it's actually not not mine, nor absolutely mine, but more like not so clear that there is tingling. Do you see what I'm talking And maybe the same can happen with an emotion, that, wow, there's a wave of calm. It's clearly known, it's existing, it's present, like a sound is when it is. But then it passes through, through. And it was not exactly me, mine, mine to own or hold, or it would seem maybe fake at some point to describe myself by that. You know, define and describe, I'm a calm person. I know so well that it landed in that field of consciousness and escaped also, you know, found its way out. And so when I'm talking to somebody, I've been so calm lately. You know, there might be a little sense that is it an exact description of reality? Like, am I owning something? And is there a little stress of describing myself like that? That is, I have an intuition that it's not exactly mine, but it did happen. You know, and maybe it is pervasive. This calm or joy or, or I don't know what else. You know, but is it exactly me? So this is where we start to this starts to be released or questioned or become more porous or not so clear, and it's a good thing. This is uh, on the path to liberation. The way that uh, Buddha in the teaching maybe talks about this, uh, he seemed to be saying something like, wise... uh, No, he starts with the unwise. Unwise beings... When they, uh, when, they, when they feel the earth element, they recognize the earth element. So, you know, that's the language of the elements, very, very useful uh, kind of frame of reference to practice with in the physical realm, to notice things as earth, water, fire, air, you know, the experience of the body as heaviness of maybe earth, if we describe it like this, the lightness of of uh, the air, maybe if we associate these two together, or the fluidity of the belly rising and falling. So the Buddha says the, uh, the unwise being recognize the earth element, like we do. We might not say earth, but we say hard. It's hard, you know. After 20-some minutes of sitting, it gets hard, you know. And so we recognize this as such, and he says... Um, It's terrible to do this to the Buddha, saying, no, he said that for, oh, no, he said it last in the end. Oh, you know, but, but that's what happens to the Buddha tonight. And he's kind of saying, hey, Pascal, <laughs> please, careful here. Slow down. <laughs> but he's smiling. Um, yeah, so let's say he starts with the wise being. He says, the wise being re- recognize earth as earth, and if voila. 
I recognize it experiences hardness. You know, a wise, awakened being is not only light and bubbly and floating and levitating. They also experience the Buddha at his, the end of his days in, the, in his old age uh, was uh, having really intense back problems. Sometimes couldn't finish a teaching. Had to uh, tell Ananda. <laughs> <laughs> had to ask Nanda to finish the discourse of the teaching because his back was... So the earth element might have been very, very strong and he could recognize the earth element as earth and the unpleasantness or the intensity as intensity, right? But uh, he's saying, and the wise uh, being steps there. What's the difference with the wise being and the unwise being? The unwise being recognizes earth as earth, but they add a little something they add just a little something and it's mine mine and that creates a whole lot of trouble suddenly why moi you know suddenly what's gonna happen to moi suddenly what's gonna happen to moi when I die suddenly what you know this is my peace of mind, and you broke my peace of mind, you know, and all oh, the trouble that ensue. Is that the word? It's nice, huh? It was kind of perfect word there. <laughs> and so here we're, uh, we're, I think maybe because of the, the words here, the suggestion, it might for you be in the field of what is uh, suddenly appears is so interesting to question this because if there is a me on this side it means there is the rest on the other side and that's a stressful thing there's me one side and the world and we have to negotiate and it's maybe viable but it's not going to be easy (laughs) plus I feel separate so it feels lonely in there. It feels threatening. It, it, uh, you know, and so by paying attention again and again, maybe this perception, how it appears, is going to be loosened a little bit, questioned here and there. And it, and it's not like you have to let go of the sense of self or to merge or to have another perception. It's just interesting to have this in mind as I'm sitting. So as I'm sitting, um, I notice that breathing happens. I can make it very personal, but it, it seems like it has its own life. It does what it does, you know. It, it has its own life. And as I sit here, I notice that sometimes, at least, I am not thinking. It's thinking me. I would like it to stop, but it, you know, so am I the thinker or the receptor or the, what's happening? And, you know, I notice that there are conditionings that when, you know, something happens, whoops, that idea lands in the mind, you know. After a few minutes of sitting quietly here and being peaceful, some point there's like, are you aware of the time, Pascal? You're the, you're the, you know, you're the bell ringer here. You know, so is that really me who thinks about that, or is this something that's been conditioned to think that? And it's a good thing, you know. But is that really me thinking that? It takes a mind that is quiet. If I'm busy thinking about next week and last week and and how it's going to turn out for me and this and that, forget it. There's no questioning this. There's no exploring this. It's not possible. The mind is in the realm of concepts. And in the realm of concepts, I'm there and there's no getting rid of it. And if if you get rid of me, it's scary and I don't want that. And I want more of me, more clarity about me and to know me better and to get what I want. And And so it takes some quiet thing and so it demands... uh, maybe some renunciation, I have to at some point say, you know what, I'm actually going to give up this kind of candy fascination for self and selfing. You know, maybe bring a little humor about it. Uh, 
Joseph, uh, again, for some reason, Joseph is coming a lot uh, in this room here this uh, week, or up to now. And Joseph has this uh, little character that he created that I find very useful. Uh, I mean, it's, it's his character. I can, can play with it as much as he wants. <laughs> and we might have other ways, but it's just a kind of a, one creative way to explore that. So he said every time you would have a thought that would have a me inside of it, like, I wonder if I'm you know, going to be late for my yogi job, or I wonder if uh, my tent, this or that, or I wonder... You know, it would, uh, it would give a name to this little character, this little construction of mine. Call it Wasam Will Be. Was, I was, I am, I will be. And so he called it Wasam Will Be. Oh, Wasam Will Be just came. I wonder if, uh, if I had done that, if I would be here today, you know. So, oh, I'm, well, was, was, if I was, if I, you know. So there's a construction in, in that little kind of, uh, somebody called it the ultimate or absolute uh, unit of measure, you know, everything being measured by a certain moi and me. And so sometimes I feel that this is perceived, I it appears, reality appears like this to me. I don't want to be ashamed of it or anything. I want just to be conscious of it. Oh, this really, really clear. I'm here, you're there. Or especially when I want, you know. Want comes and I is like right behind. I want. I don't feel like it, feel like it should be the opposite. Want, I. Like want comes and I appear. Opinions. If a strong opinion comes, I is right there. I am right, and you happen to be wrong. <laughs> and so, so when that appears, I want to really be conscious of, oh yeah, there's an eyeing happening, like it's really I, I, that is, that is there, very strong. And sometimes it's not, there's just walking, walking, or there's just hearing, hearing. I want to see the fluctuation, because like everything else, this is fluctuating. It's already fluctuating in our life. And so... Here we're invited to become aware of this. Sometimes it's perceived like this, and sometimes I see that it's actually a construction of mine. I construct the world like this. I create the world. I delight in it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm entranced, enamored by it. Pascal. (laughs) I can spend hours thinking about Pascal, the worthlessness of Pascal, the lacks of Pascal, the you know, beauty of soul of Pascal. <laughs> and then I doubt it, and, but I want to convince myself that all group of being inside of me talking about me, and, you know. And, and if you happen to be codependent, you're thinking about somebody else the same. <laughs> but I have a friend who says, when I go to retreat, I'm always thinking, I wonder what, you know, so-and-so, it's always, so-and-so would... Uh, would be experiencing what I wonder how they would think I, uh, well I'm doing I wonder how, <laughs> always coming back to that one point of reference being that particular other you know and so sometimes there's a construction about this and the Buddha was saying this about that he said um, I am this is a conceived idea I will be this is a conceived, a created, a generation of mine, a production of mine. This is a conceived idea. I will not be. This is a conceived idea. Conceived ideas are a disease, a boil, a dart. So I think he's saying careful. <laughs> you know, like uh, the kind of products you used to find underneath the sink, you know, that with a little label on it, like <laughs> use sparingly. And we're going like, I don't use, I use generously. <laughs> I think this, I think that, I don't agree, I want this, why don't I get that, why me, you know. And it creates a lot of trouble for us, you know. And here we come back to nature and we have an environment that is very, very loving, very, we, we, we're saying this, it seems like the land has been loved and cared for and attended to and then we're welcome in that amazing world of fragrance I don't know if that's your experience I've never 
smelled so many fragrances. Like, I, I feel like I'm turning into a dog or something. Like, my dominant sense is switching. And, uh, so, but it's, and it's really cared for, so we can actually relax into this, let go of the self-referencing a little bit, attend more to experience as it is happening, and we'll see it pop up, pop up here and there. And we can, we can rejoice. We don't have to be ashamed. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, selfing, you know. I'm, if I want to be a Buddhist, you know, if I want to be in the club, you know. <laughs> it's not like this. It's more like little um, shooting stars appearing, you know. You can catch them. Like, oh, my God, just like made it moi. Who's in, <laughs> who's in my path, you know. Who's in my way. I want to get out or get in here. And somebody's in my way, Yeah. So little hints on where you can find this or the forms it takes. It's me. It's me. It's mine. It's mine. Is it really mine? I'm in it. It's inside of me. This is the words of the Buddha. The Buddha said there's kind of four iteration of that. So I'm either thinking, perceiving that the emotion is inside of me or I'm inside the body or the body is mine or the body is me et voila that's pretty much it and the perceptions keep turning around that and they change all the time we're a little bit like a little monkey I feel jumping from one you know my plate my pl- my food get away from my food you know like this Five people in front of my food, you know. <laughs> and after it's not my food, I'm full. I couldn't care less. It's not my food anymore, but it's my quietness, you know. So you in the tent next door, don't you dare snoring this afternoon. Because <laughs> it's my quiet time. And then after I let go of that one, and then it's how do I look, you know, walking, and it's me walking, and how am I doing, people, you know. And then I'm sitting here, and it's my teacher, you know. And I, I don't know, like it keeps going. Do you recognize something like this? <laughs> or it's just moi? <laughs> so we're invited to actually keep an eye on this and, and become awake to it. That's all we're invited to do, if it's of interest to us. Just see, like, oh, this is the form it takes right now. And see... As it's instructed here, uh, such is the arising of this. Oh, here is the form it takes. Such is the disappearing of this, the passing away. Ah, suddenly it's not my anymore. It's gone momentarily, you know. You're not all day thinking about your tent, you know. There's moments where you don't. You know, <laughs> I'm taking time just because I see them. But you know, I could be thinking of my yurt. You know, <laughs> and it's exotic. On top of it, I was at uh, Stoll Lake Farm. I was sleeping in a yurt. <laughs> my yurt. Love my yurt. <laughs> I'm playing here, but uh, this is deep teaching. <laughs> by the way. This is at the very core of our suffering, and we're, we're really uh, invited to, to check this out a little bit, what form it takes. Um, and so we tend to attach to body. We tend to attach to opinions. We tend to attach to uh, feeling tone, pleasantness, unpleasantness. We tend to attach to thoughts, emotions, We tend to attach to views, perceptions, fabrications of the mind. So there's there's many things that we attach to. So it's going to be interesting this week if you want to explore this. You know, from a place of ease and relaxation and contentment. And just like because, you know, it's maybe so supportive and there is quietness. Let me be interested in how there's going to be like... Some, some little thing, you know? I like the, the little places where it just pops up, you know? And I use this example often when I serve myself food and I'm in the line of 
people serving food, while everybody's upset with their own self and their own food, I still feel very exposed, especially when I'm trying to grab something that falls on the side, you know, like gamasio or, you know, or salad, like I do like this, and or soup. I mean, everything here is extremely challenging in terms of food <laughs> and serving for a human being, you know, because you never know if it's going to fall on the side or not. Like, and so you're going like this mindfully, and the sense of self for me is very present. Now, oh no, I'm exposed, you know, and I'm serving myself. It's uh, suddenly there's a, really a Pascal, and it, it might succeed or fail miserably, and my whole worth is at play here with the, you know, with. Whatever, you know, and if something, a spoon falls on the side, it's terrible. And so I can see that suddenly it's like, wow, this, the definition of self is really, uh, is really up there, you know. But we do this, notice how you'll be enamored with the self of the future, the miserable one, the enlightened one, you know. And the creation of a self, oh, wasam will be, you know, that little creation of the mind that is not actually something happening now. This is a, this is a production. This is a production, like Broadway production. You know, it's a generation of the mind. Is that really that necessary? Is that that true? Does it deserve that much amount of time? One kind of little, slight little insight that I got uh, not too long ago. Is I was sitting and I was gone with Pascal Ceci or Pascal Sola. You know. And suddenly I noticed that there was a complete abandonment of two things, it appears. In being enamored and tranced by that story of a certain, you know, it's a sign, symbol, fabrication. While being kind of taken by this, there was a complete abandonment of life and a complete abandonment of self of the life of this being here for this other one there, whatever this was, you know, the one that could be, could have been, etc. And it hit me, it, it came with sadness, like, wow. Like, I don't know how much, this, these are thoughts now, but how much percentage of a life is given away to a fascination, to a to mind object, you know? Is that really, and it's entertained and nurtured and fabricated all the time, you know? And what is actually happening here? There is sensitivity, there is light, there is light changing, there's heart beating, there's long, you know? And sometimes there's passages of love. Do I love? I don't know. I know that love loves. I know that generosity generates. <laughs> you know that obsession obsessed, obsesses. But it seems strange to start owning all these things. You know, like I love. No, it doesn't feel so right anymore. Like when I'm generous, it seems like there's something that is too much. Is the I. But the generosity is beautiful. But the I am generous is, I don't know, it makes things a little complex for me these days. I'm not sure it's worthy of that. So these are just a few thoughts on this. So maybe it'll be in the field of your awareness. Maybe it'll pop up. And maybe not at all. Maybe you're attending to something else that really is deserving of your full attention. And if it is so, please take care of that. Yeah? Okay, so a few words on practice. Let's sit for a moment here.
somewhere in the text it is said there is suffering but no one who suffers there is action but no one acting there is nibbana nirvana but no one who enters it released from false uh, identification or appropriation may that be for our benefit for our joy and ease and for the benefit of others us that uh, this is kind of the heart part of the retreat here and we are very much in silence and honoring this silence and caring for it and cultivating it and so uh, yeah please take good care of it because it can be it's so fragile you know a few little words and whoops we're not in silence anymore we're something else so we're offering to each other the gift of solitude it's a great uh, powerful gift uh, here and it's not an easy thing to carry solitude but that's what we're exploring together thank you Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.